Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Met fellow adventurers, back to Proving Grounds number six. To take part in the next, the next part, which is a funeral in the hills. Begin the scenario. All is silent for most of the trek as you make your way across the back of the rolling hills, heading ever to the east and south, back towards Bear Path Lodge. The unmistakable and welcoming aurora, aroma of wood smoke assails your senses. You start up a particularly steep slope, immediately realise Bear Path Lodge. Lodge must be dust over. Dust o- over the back of the wise. The thought of a warm meal and good night's sleep reverberates for you. What you and your legs hope will be one last climb. I will move swiftly to the top of the hill and start staring off to the south. His white hand suddenly shoots back in your direction, and he hurriedly motions for you to join him. Only moments later, you reach the crown of the hill and stand shoulder to shoulder with your silent companion. Your jaw goes slack, your heart pounds savagely in the pit of your chest. A thick blanket of dark smoke hangs low over the shallow vale at the base of the hill. Bear Path Lodge burns, and now. So on the north side of the burning lodge, a safe distance from the deadly inferno, standing at the foot of the boulder-strewn slope, you, find, you, you and Al find Orlean and a dozen of his huntsmen. The master of Bear Path Lodge greets your arrival with a grim nod. Complainly is stricken with grief, even though his fear, fierce eyes were ablaze with hatred. Muriel is gone. The children are safe. He manages as Al strides up. Places his hand on the shoulder of his old friend. It's been burning since midday. Not far off, though situated at a higher elevation on the hillside, 
Sid Orlane's seven, Orlane's seven children, company of grey-haired woodsmen. With the children weep openly, the loud sobs rising into the air and momentarily displacing. The war and crackle of the crimson flames continue to devour the great hall. The very flames that have forever separated them from their beloved mother. Your thoughts immediately turn to two recent events that have been painfully seared into your memory. The fiery destruction of the Sand Howl of Shrile Island and the raising of the Wager Outpost. To these horrid recollections, you reluctantly add the burning of Bear Path Lodge. Owl strolls off with Olin, leaving you alone with the twelve huntsmen stand in silence, watching as the relentless flames consume what remains of the Grand Lodge. The Master Thief returns a few minutes later and takes you aside. You're surprised when Owl produces a leather-bound journal you left with Orlin and hands it back to you. He tells you that one of the Lodge's woodsmen returned to it this morning. Orlin was on a hunt when he heard the explosion, says Owl. His children were in the nearby hill, which can at least be thank nearby hills will at least be thankful for that. Dear Mural and at least a dozen others weren't so fortunate. Fire and death seem to have followed us south soup. We can no longer endanger those who would give us aid, even though they are confederates on our course. Operate we will operate from a place those fiends are less likely to strike out with such destructive measure. I will tell you the two of you must now find your way into Cardson with all possible haste. He says that he believes the agents of the Grand Century will be unable to employ such devastating tactics behind the city walls. Pascal, if he thinks the two sorceresses you previously encountered, Timifra and Humlea, whom Alan had referred to as the Witches of Cardson, are responsible for the deadly attack on the Lodge. It's possible, though not likely, he says confidently. The Grand Century is cautious when it comes to the use of his more powerful agents, so close to the city walled by his song of dark magic. Realize, Soup, that on the streets of Cardson, streets long poisoned by his insidious spells, the Grand Century is seen as nothing less than a divine, noble and benevolent ruler. A man to whom all of Cardson rightfully owes its unfaltering allegiance. Within the walls of his domain, the measures taken against us will be less drastic and will endanger fewer souls. At least upon that notion, as I rest my last hopes. Owl turns and glances in the direction of Arlem as if to determine whether or not his next words will be overheard. Then speaks to you again, this time softer tone, causing you to step closer to be able to hear him over the war of the nearby blaze. Olin will take his huntsmen into the hills, he says. Olin is at the very heart of our cause, and while we learn the moss of loss of our dear Muriel, if anything should happen, our back would be all but broken. Though he must see to the safety of his children before all else, of course. Don't think 
even for a moment that the presence in the lodge would deter what happened here. It's by mere unfavourable luck that they are all yet accounted for. A ghastly, fearful shriek rises out, wings out, out from the east, rising above the crackle and war of the waging inferno. It's a sound that immediately fills you with profound dread. Instinctively, you turn and rush in the direction of the fearful cry. Following closely the heels of Al, Orlan retreats up to the slope towards his children, while ten of his twelve huntsmen at his side rush to the eastern side of the blaze. As you reach the eastern edge of the burning lodge, your eyes are greeted by a sinister sight. There, emerging from the wall of flames that continues to devour the great hall, and stalking towards two of Orlane's huntsmen, are seven towering beings of flame. The blazing fire elementals, roughly humanoid in appearance, but twice the size of any man present, move forward with long, even strides, their blazing limbs poised to strike down their intended prey. You pull your gaze away from the fearsome elementals and turn to gorge owls where actually only discover, much to your surprise. Master Thief is now nowhere to be found. You're about to rush ahead and bolster the defensive line being formed by the gathering huntsmen, when a wave of intense heat suddenly washes over you. You turn immediately to your right and find yourself face to face with one of the mighty beings of fire. The elemental thrusts out his arms and sends a massive bolt of crimson flame hurtling through the air towards your chest. So I've got some options here. Dodge, elementalism, or fortification. I'll use fortification. Succeeded. 24 XP to fortification. You hastily channel your power of fortification. With only a split second to spare, a wall of shimmering blue sparkles appears before you. The hurtling bolt of flame smashes into your magical barrier, exploding up impact. Showering you with thousands of small, glowing cinders. Despite the winging your ears caused by the explosion, and several singed spots on your exposed flesh, you're thankful to survive the deadly attack, relatively unscathed. You quickly draw yourself into defensive stance, as you prepare to make a stand against the advancing elemental. The towering fire elemental, its hulking form vaguely humanoid, Noiselessly stretched as wide as broad jaws, revealing an inky void hidden within, beneath its blazing exterior. As the fire that consumes around the mighty being increases in intensity, the elemental surges forward, bringing to bear the full measure of its fiery wrath against you. You now fight a blazing fire elemental. Okay. You are engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for 25 damage. The fearsome fire elemental blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Okay. Oh yes. Also, in the last 23 damage when being engulfed by the flames. After the last scenario, I leveled up my weaponry to level to level 80, 
I now have a 2x to MR, 14 damage from a being brought by flames. You have slain your foe. It's now 207, 40 XP. The final roaring blaze and several intense waves of heat. The mighty fire elemental rapidly dissipates, revealing a smouldering pile of black embers on the ground before you. Before you even had a chance to catch your breath, a column of crimson flame suddenly shoots up from the heap of embers and swiftly assumes the form of, a fall of the fallen elemental. The reborn fire elemental, larger than its previous incarnation, surges forward and attacks. Begin combat with the blazing fire elemental again. The first and fire elemental strikes, blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Gulfed by the flames for 22 damage. Gulfed by the flames again for 25 damage. Alright, bash, bash, bash. 16 damage from being engulfed. Okay. 72 XP. As before, the waging fire elemental, at last sent down to defeat, suddenly vanishes, leaving behind only a smoking pile of blackened embers. This time, however, you stand at the ready, prepared to face the mighty elemental being should it once again revive itself. Your vigilance proves warranted. With a brilliant flare of crimson flame, an intense wave of heat that forces you to cover your face, Roaring blaze shoots up from the embers and swiftly takes the form of a, of a fallen elemental. This, this incarnation of your fiery foe is larger and more fearsome than either of its predecessors. It's a blazing fire elemental. It's also big. The fire, fearsome fire elemental blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Gulf by flame for 21 damage. Gulf by flames for 27 damage. Okay, I'm just going to do a bit of healing now. And down it goes. 136 experience. As twice before, the waging fire elemental vanishes, leaving its wake smouldering pile of charred embers. This time, however, the fearsome being of fire does not return. Later to the last won a battle against the mighty mighty elemental, you turn <coughs> and rush to the aid of the three huntsmen locked in battle for their lives against two of the powerful creatures. So healing first. You draw up behind the blazing elementals. <coughs> closest them, turns and stretches its hand towards you. You dive to your right, desperately attempting to throw yourself out of the path. The blast of fire about to erupt from the flame-weaved hand of the towering elemental. Suddenly, however, much of surprise and relief, the elemental vanishes, leaving only a thick trail of dark smoke and a pile of ash in its wake. Standing behind the column of smoke, his face darkened with soot and his hair smouldering his owl. The rogue rushes to your side, hopes you regain your feet. Even for that last rescue you pulled off, he says, managing a wide grin. Come on, let's get on them. 
With that, I'll bounce off towards the advancing pair of fearsome fundamentals, leaving you to face yet another of the mighty beings. The heart pounding, and the war of the nearby inferno drowning out the sounds of battle that wage on all sides. Prepare to engage your deadly foe. It's another blazing fire elemental. It blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Okay, keep... Ooh, I just went into battle rage. Stop burning things! Ah! You've slain your foe. 136 XP. You leap back from the pile of embers, spouring at your feet, expecting the fire elemental to rise out of ashes. When it doesn't, you breathe a sigh of relief and turn to the south when you witness a sight that makes your blood run cold. Fighting alone, wildly waving a hefty axe at three fire elementals is Orlin. The master of Bearpath Lodge cries out in alarm as his blazing foes close in around him, cutting off any hope of escape as they sear his flesh with their intense, radiating heat. You rush forward, shouting above the war of the burning lodge, hoping you at least draw the attention of one or more of the merciless assailants. As you close within ten darts of Yolim, one of the elementals surrounds him, turning him turns and starts towards you. You scream for Orlin to free, to flee, and it is at that precise moment you spot Owl moving in his direction. The towering fire elemental surges forward, its long, willowy arms of flame outstretched as it begins its savage assault upon you. It's another blazing fire elemental. The fearsome fire elemental brazes brightly as it strikes out at you. 23 damage from the flames. Oh, I just went into battle rage and then out again, and it is slain. 136 XP. You leap over the pile of smouldering ash left behind by the vanquished fire elemental, not bothering to waste and see if the creature will again rise. You quickly scan the fray for any sign of Arlen, but fail to catch sight of him. With all possible haste, you dash forward towards the sound of Owl's frantic cries, bravely throwing yourself into the path of an elemental surging towards its left flank. It's another blazing fire elemental. Strikes, blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Okay, it's mostly done, and bash, 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 slain. Another 136 XP. As the defeated fire elemental vanishes before your eyes, leaving only a column of pungent smoke in its wake. You suddenly become aware of Owl's desperate, repeated cries. Get Arlen! Get him out of here, Zoop! Get Arlen! Then you notice Arlen on the ground, only a few yards to your left. His face and torso charred, and his limbs twitching erratically, lies the master of the Biopath Lodge. You rush to Arlen's side, and the son to discover his eyes are wide open. He looks up at you with a mixture of pain and horror, distorting his face, and speaks in a hurried, ragged voice. <coughs> Tell my children I love them, he says, wincing as he attempts to force a smile. They are safe. See, they go away from here. See, they are safe. See, they go away from here. I can see Mural. 
his eyes roll back and his body goes limp. You quickly shoot your hands under his arms and drag his bulky body away from the burning lodge. As quickly as it began, the battle with the fire elementals reaches an abrupt end. You turn to find Owl and five of the surviving huntsmen waking their way towards you. Their gloom-laden stares fixed on the charred, still body of Orlan lying at your feet. You step back to allow those closest to him to gather round their fallen leader. Owl kneels at Orlin's side and does his best to fold the arms of his departed friend across his broad chest. I will tell the children, says Owl, as he returns to his feet, looks over his shoulder at the burning lodge. I will tell them. A thunderous crash startles everyone present as one of the lodge's main beams topples into the inferno that has now all but consumed the grand structure. This madness doesn't end with the destruction of their enemies, says Owl, his lips curling into a snarl as he speaks to you in a in low tone. The devils we faced wield fear as effectively as they raise fire. There is never any end to the misery. Together with the huntsmen that survived the brutal engagement, you scour the perimeter of the burning log, seeking sign of any more the foul creatures that sprang out of the wild inferno. At last, satisfied there is no further imminent danger, you return to where Owl is preparing to move Orlin's blackened remains. Tend to the children, he snaps, two of the huntsmen standing at his side. They're not to see any of it. There'll be a chance soon enough. Move. Everyone, move away from the lodge. The companion turns his wary gaze to you. As he places his hand beneath Orlin's shoulders. Zoop. If you could just take hold of his feet. A few words are spoken as Orlin, the master of Bearpack Lodge, and the husband of the departed mule, and father of seven children that will never again know his firm, guiding hand and gentle, refined manner is laid to rest. It's been nearly two hours since he fell in battle. As thin wisps of smoke from the smouldering remains of the lodge drift across the crest of the hill, your eyes turn to the children, who stare down into the grave of the man that had already believed, always believed to be on the reach of something as cruel, vulgar, and final as death. Owl drops to one knee, the edge of the grave, and weeps openly. Four of all his children, including his two oldest, step to companion's side. And the master thief stretches out his long, thin arms to growl them. At length, Owl rises. Together with the children, he still embraces, slowly steps away from the grave. Without looking back, he makes, makes his way over to the far side of the summit. One of the huntsmen approaches and quietly asks if you hope to cover the grave. It's a grim, daunting task, given the circumstances but one you proudly accept. Standing on the southern edge of the hill, it bears the heap of fleshly turned earth that serves to mark the grave of Orlin. You stare out west across the backs of the neighbouring slopes, 
to where a dense cloud of heavy, dark smoke still hangs in the dusty sky. It's now been nearly three hours since the master of Bear Path Lodge was laid to rest, and apart from a few words muttered now and then, Arla spent almost every moment among the seven children who find themselves orphaned the end of the day that began as any other in the young memories. It's settled. They'll go north tomorrow with three of Arlon's men, says Al, suddenly appearing at his side. Al often mentioned his hif- sister, somewhere south of Seer in Thanevale. One of the huntsmen thinks he knows the name of the town. There's nothing for these children here now. Everything they know is gone, and much of what hope we have left goes up with that smoke. You and I must leave here tonight, as soon as darkness falls. Al tells you your next destination is Carson, and you will, and he will look where you and he will at last unite with what remains of the wabble. Before you can even ask the questions foremost in your mind, companion answers it, telling you that getting into the city undetected should pose no difficulty. There's more than one way into Carson, he says. I can think of three straighter lay that would prove less perilous than trying to stride through the city grates. Let's just hope. Let's just hope we find at least one of those three paths still friendly. And it is, and so it is, under the cover of darkness. Shortly after night has draped its cloak of gloom over the hills south of Maeltor, the Jew and Owl depart from the company of huntsmen and their seven sleeping charges. Head due south, moving unseen beneath a moonless sky, breathing between and climbing over the long over the hills. Long hunted and watched over by Orlane, is isn't till the first hint of dawn appears on the horizon the hills give way to a broad, lush armour forest. Owl seems pleased to catch sight of the wood, and tells you you're drawing near to one of the hidden paths that he hopes will provide you with safe passage to Cardson. While pausing on the side of the grassy slope, you take a moment to rest your tired limbs. You find your thoughts drawn elsewhere. For a few fleeting seconds, the shadowy hills that surround you give way to stone turrets, and the dim early morning sky is painted over black and dotted with thousands of shimmering stars. Standing before you at arm's length is Telebra, her face bearing a drawn, weary look that betrays both deep anguish and long standing fear. The huntress opens her mouth and turns to you, but before she can utter a word, you're shaken back to the present by three distant but startling blasts, blasts of a great horn. Owl turns and nods in recognition, the puzzled look you cast in his direction. There's about to be a hanging in Cardson. And that finishes this scenario with 3,072 experience to general and 256 experience to all skills and powers. Okay, on to the next one. A path less travelled. Begin. 
Okay, there's once again the previous page is repeated, but you don't have to hear that because you've just heard that. And now, morning soars into the sky, chasing away the glimmering bloom of night, revealing an envelope, being a landscape enveloped in the grasp of a thick, swirling fog. Pressing through the roiling banks of mist, you and Al make your way down into the forest that crawls over and around the hills east of Cardson. Al has said little about, about the hanging he made mention of at the sound of the horn blast a short while ago. When you ask him about it, he seems reluctant to even acknowledge the question. Uh, at last, however, after you've repeated it twice, he tells you it's common practice agents of the Grand Sentry to hang their foes in the square before the council chambers, the very structure from which cards and sorcerers, sorcerer Lord wanes. It's mostly the wabble who find themselves at the end of those ropes, he says, as the two of you climb over the, the trunk of a toppled tree. There was a time when you didn't know everyone who'd been caught and hung. There were enough of us then. Now it's a certainty I will have known those who die in the noose. After all, only a handful of what was once a proud resistance remains. I will tell you that at this very moment an important ally, perhaps the last and most important friend the Wabble will ever know, is travelling to Carson and should arrive within the next few days. It's certain to be our last chance for making use of the journals, he says. When we reach our destination, Zoop, I promise that all will be made clear to you. There will be no more need for secrecy, as you will find yourself at the very heart of the matter that draws us here, that binds us together in the last desperate throes of hope. Suddenly, the Master Thief stops and looks to his left, Taking obvious note of a pile of sizable rocks, he then points south and west, levering his finger at a more open patch of ground, just a tangle of trees and undergrowth. Right over there, he says. That's where we'll find our way into the city. Come on, I'll show it to you. The edge of a boggy clearing, tucked in among several large rocks, and the rotting trunks of two felled forest giants is, is a heavy iron grate set into the ground. The grate, covered by a thick blanket of moss and earth, would easily have escaped your notice, thou not pointed out to you. One of three entrances into the ancient tunnels that run into the city, he says, as he carefully removes the living camouflage from atop the grate. These tunnels were used to escape sieges in centuries past, They've been sealed off now for the better part of 200 years. This one particular opening, however, has once again been put to use. You ask, you ask Al, clear, clear away the, the west of the moss and earth. You and Al, clear away the mess, west of the moss and earth, and together you manage to move the heavy grate to the side, allowing just enough room for the two of you to climb down into the dark stone-lying tunnel below. To hoping Owl to move the grate back into place, you drop into the stone-lined tunnel and stand next to the master thief, staring off into the gloom of the broad passage. 
he marvelled at the workmanship that went to constructing the tunnel. The owl tells you that in many places the corridors are in disrepair. We bore whites if we can remember the way through this base, says Owl smirking. Which, as I will tell you, Zoop, I can. We're looking for a large dome chamber filled with water. It's from there we'll take a rather unconventional route up and into the city. Several miles to cover, so we best be on our way. If you like casting its glow off the mould-covered walls, you and Owl set off through the tunnel. For the better part of three hours, you and Owl carefully wind your way through a tangled maze of passages. Owl makes frequent turns, and more than once doubles back on your tracks and sets off in a completely new direction. The perils of the tunnels through which you trek are numerous and deadly, and now and again the two of you skirt by wide Dark, dark pools of water, which Owl tells you has no favourable bottom, and which are by no means devoid of dangerous, lurking denizens. Last, the corridors become somewhat drier, and the going gets easier. As you turn into a broad, sloping passage, a soft, distant, unsettling sound reaches your ears. It is a faint but unmistakable sound of something moving, some far-off passage. Before you can need to relate to how what you thought you heard. He turns to face you and nods. I've heard it twice before now, he says. A faint smile appear on his lips. We're not alone down here. And on that I'll stake my life. It's hard to tell whether or not whoever it is knows we're, we're here, though. Yes, Matt, our, the sound can be that of allies. Perhaps members of the Wabble. Tubuli indicated they make frequent use of these passages. Friends of ours would have revealed themselves by now, he says. They would know better than to come slinking up on us. For several minutes, the two of you stand motionless, listening intently for even the slightest sound anywhere in the dark, lonely tunnels that surround you. All right, let's keep on, says Al at last. I need not say it, but be watchful. As you continue through the maze of twisting passages, following Owl's expert lead as he navigates the corridors from memory, the Master Thief tells you he's glad to have made your acquaintance, and without your hope, his mission would have long ago ended in ruin. A sudden mission catches you off guard, but you soon learn that your companion holds you in high regard. He apologises for the secrecy that thus far surrounded many of the details of the perilous quest in which you played no small role. Different time. Under different different circumstances, however think might fancy go with your one of your adventures, he says. Of course, such things aren't really in my nature. Seems a bit silly, I suppose. As I managed to find peril quite well enough on my own. It's not the sort of thing I could ever become accustomed to. Particularly in fighting, you see. Well, Maybe after all of this, there will be time for something like that. What do you say to it? You tell Owl you'll be honoured to share an adventure with him. Though you mirthfully remind him, the adventure you two are currently embarked upon has been one of your longest and most perilous. He laughs and nods. I owe you much gratitude for having twice saved me, he says. Of course, might have gotten out of, my keep, of the keep on my own given enough times. But I had visions of that place, place becoming 
coming my tomb, as it did for, did for Corinth. One time I thought myself to be above the inconvenience of misfortune, but now I know better than that. I am, however, beginning to think there isn't anything that causes you to break stride, Zoop. The broad tunnel you're following abruptly ends at a tall stone arch. Beyond the arch, an even wider passage extends out of sight into the dense gloom. Owl steps up to the arch and effectively patches the, pats the inner edge of the structure. We're getting there, he says. There are a few twists and turns ahead of us this tour. More than half of the way to the domed chamber, says Owl, peering along the length of gloomy corridor beyond the arch. There's a rope that can be dropped down from the top of that chamber. That would be that would bring us into the cellar of one of the Wabbles' greatest allies, a man I consider a dear friend, a man who was also a friend of Arlen, who can be trusted. Ascom knows he will undoubtedly find in and about his establishment. Al turns to you and places his hand on your shoulder. On the last leg now. Don't think about pain in your legs or the ache in your back. We can rest a bit once we're out of these tunnels. That much, I can promise you. The two of you start along the new passage, but have covered less than 20 yards when the sudden sound Something scraping along the stone-like floor, floor of the tunnel from behind you causes you to spin around. A look of horror passes across Al's face as an unexpected and entirely unwelcome sight emerges from the gloom. Standing at the bow of the broad passage, their thick silver plates gleaming in the glow of your light, or at least a dozen armoured tarsal. Mist of foul reptilians. Holding up a long iron staff is a tall, thin, grey-haired woman. Lower half of her face is concealed behind a blackened wooden mask. You immediately recognise Tumifra, one of the two powerful sorcerer sisters who served the Grand Century of Cardson. woman who has, more than one occasion, attempted to end your life. Owl Owl groans, you know, that nearly all colour has drained from his face. The sudden appearance of Tomifra and her minions, what had long been considered a safe path in and out of the city, where few movements go unseen, seems to have rattled him. The masked sorcerer says nothing, but slowly raises her right hand. Once, in heed of her unspoken order, the armatus all fan out taking positions on each of her flanks. You're somewhat surprised when Al's voice rings out, shattering the tense silence that fills the corridor. You're even more surprised by your companion's sardonic tone. You haven't come to help us by any chance. The sinister sorceress, her her hands clutching tightly at her iron staff, looks first at Al and then at you. She steps forward. Moving out of the legion of Tazzle that surround her, and dresses the master thief with obvious derision. A rat like you would be easy to swat aside, she says, but your companion will undoubtedly prove to be a more worthy challenge. What is it, Soup, that causes you to keep the company of a man so below your own stature, the company of a murderer? 
and who I'm certain has plans to cut your throat once you exhaust whatever use you present to him. Immediately note a faint shimmery around Tamitha. Suspect there is a magical field surrounding the sorceress. We cannot win here, whispers Al, keeping his gaze fixed, fixed on the sorceress. We can lose them in the tunnels beyond this passage. My mark, turn and run. Head white at the end of the hall. On my mark! You are always a fool, says Tamitha, tapping the end of her iron staff on the floor at her feast. She gares Al. But you are now a fool with no cause left for which to risk your worthless life. That's precisely the region I shall endure. I shall not endure your death as much as I should like to. Owl's white hand slips into a pocket in his tunic, and the master thief rolls his eyes, making certain. The sorceress bears witness to his imprudent jester. The rabble is all but gone! Continues the mass sorceress, a word seemingly chosen with care to counter Owl's brazen stance. A handful of hungry men scurrying through the gutters, throwing stones, cursing the very air they swallow, insulting the closest thing this world has yet known to a living God, blind to all that he, through his grace and generosity, has provided. Every bit as insolent as the cowardly, backstabbing wench to which they've unwisely sworn their allegiance. Smithurka begins to raise her staff. Owl flashes you a wide-eyed glance. The master thief thrusts his right hand outwards, releasing a fistful of silvery dust that ignites into a blinding cloud of glowing sparkles. Matter of moments, the entire tire passes. She stands is consumed by a sparkling cloud of silver dust. Disorientated, you turn and move in your sense towards the opposite direction, where Tomifia and her minions were standing. You immediately collide with Al. This way, Soup! He shouts. Out of this cloud! Let's go! You instinctively turn and dash along the passage at Al's heels, sprinting into the un into the unknown, in a desperate bid to escape from Tamithra and her armed minions. To only a few seconds, you burst out of the cloud of sparkles and into the clear air of the corridor beyond. Turn white at the end, gasps Owls, as he glances over your shoulder. After that will be... Owls' words are cut short as he stumbles and pitches forward, spawning out face first in the middle of the corridor. Your momentum carries you past your prone companion, attempts to regain his feet, but stumbles and again collapses. As you stop and turn, prepare, preparing to go back to assist your fallen master thief, a, a chorus of sinister hisses rings out, far end of the passage, emerging from the rapidly dissipating cloud of sparkles, a four silver arm tassel. Striding into view directly behind the vicious reptilians is Tamitha. Owl grimaces and closes his eyes as he draws a deep, waggy breath. Immediately sense he is suffering the effects of a potent but unseen attack. Yep, I've had those. Tamitha clutches her thin iron staff, the writhing 
was writhing, crackling tines of blue lightning erupt from the weapon's haft. Thick wings of crimson flame encircled the staff as she slowly lifts the end of it off the floor. Her wide, wild, wide eyes reflect the fire that dances around her bony hands. Owl turns to you and shouts above the rising din of the crackling flames that now weave the sorceress's iron staff. The desperation nearly evident in the tone of which his chosen, chosen words fill you with a deep sense of dread. One, Zoop, one, you have them, go, one. The very instant, Owl's, as Owl's waving voice reaches your ears, time itself seems to slow. An eerie, loathsome silence fills the passage as your mind retweets the outset of the adventure that's culminated the terrible events now unfolding before your eyes. For a fleeting instant, even in the presence of the dire peril you face, the far end of the passage, your thoughts drift back to the strange encounter you had in the courtyard of Sargard Keep at the outset of your adventures with Owl. Recall the encounter with precise clarity. Standing less than five yards from you, in the gloom of the courtyard, is a man with a face that has been blackened by what appears to be either soot or ash. There is something eerily familiar about the face staring back at you from beneath the grimy mask. Without warning, your heart nearly skips two beats. You exhale sharply as you make a sudden and startling revelation. You are staring at yourself. Your uncanny likeness, you know, who you now realise bears equipment identical to your own, seems to recognise your surprised reaction. Quickly speaks, in a voice you know better than any other, your own. There isn't time. I have only moments. Listen to me. Continue to recall the encounter. With your mind still wheeling, you struggle to comprehend what your mirror image is relating to you. You have to remember this. He says, stepping forward and touching your forearm, as is to assure you it's not some, just some elaborate illusion. When the fire comes, do not save him. Do not go back. All will be lost. You must run. Owl must be left behind. Do you understand? I am you. Do you understand? Suddenly, your likeness cringes as if in pain and staggers back several steps. The magic is wearing thin. Do you understand? Cries. His voice adopting a frantic tone. With your thoughts still spinning, you manage a quick nod before saying that you will remember. Your thoughts return to the presence and although only a split second has passed, realise that a deadly attack is, is imminent. Timitha, her cruel glaze fixed the owl, holds up a long iron staff as tines of lightning and wings of crimson flame shoot down the length of the shaft. Companion, his, his face twisted into a grimace that betrays the intense pain now ravaging his body, turns towards you for a final time and, and repeats his desperate way, You have them! You have them! Run! Don't stop! Now, I could retreat along the corridor and try to help Owl, but I will die. 
you die. So I have to flee immediately. Especially since this is a proving grounds adventure. And dying is very, very costly. Flee immediately. Return. About to dash off along the passage, heeding Al's desperate pleas, when a sudden deafening roar fills the air. You glance over your shoulder and watch in horror as a massive wall of flames surges along the corridor, swiftly consuming Al and continuing towards you. Without looking back, you sprint towards the end of the passage, praying you'll be able to outrun the deadly wave of fire. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility, 20 from body, 10 from luck. I've got to get 75 or more. Success! With your lungs ready to burst and your legs pulping furiously, you manage to stay only a few strides ahead of the surging wall of flame. Last, the flames nipping at your heels diminish as the wave of fire slowly retreats along the corridor, leaving its wake charred stone and a dense pool of pudgement grey smoke. You turn and peer back along the passage, hoping against hope that you will find some sign of movement to indicate that I'll somehow survive, manage to survive the waging blaze that overtook him. But you quickly realise the hopeful measure is in vain. Nothing could have escaped the deadly wrath of the fire that filled the corridor, though he nearly caught up with you. With a heavy heart, but driven by the instinct to survive and the will to carry out your fallen companion's final command, you turn and rush along the remainder of the passage. You reach the end of the corridor and turn to see the first of pursuing Tazzle, merging from the wall of smoke that still chokes much of the passage. The vicious reptilian hisses loudly, signalling to his signalling Severin Kid, you are still alive, but you are already out of sight. Moving quickly along the tunnel to the right, as Owl instructed, you soon find yourself moving through a maze of twisting passages, each one indistinguishable from the next, as you embark on a desperate search for the dome chamber Owl made mention of, in which you hope to find the means out of this dark, debris labyrinth. Despite the intense mix of emotions, Owl's sudden, an unexpected death has turned up. You force yourself to focus on the task immediately at hand. Realise that your very survival depends upon staying ahead of Tamifra and her Tauzel minions, finding your way out of these passages as quickly as you can. Now more determined than ever to escape these tunnels, continue the mission that Arl has involuntarily surrendered. You set off as swiftly as your weary legs will allow. I only hope it will prove to be swift enough. Continue to make your way swiftly along the twisting corridor, moving ever deeper into the labyrinth of passages. Hope will ultimately lead you into Cardson and to safety. With your mind bent on reaching the dome chamber that I mentioned, you dare not slacken your pace, despite the ache in your legs. The unsettling sound of your merciless pursuers Echoes all through the passages behind you, somewhere back there, slivering through the gloom, are the armoured Tuzzle, the minions of Tamitha, eager to overtake you and execute the sinister bidding of their cruel master. After a few minutes, 
the passage you're following splits, heading off in three different directions. As you pause at the foot at the fork to catch your breath, you hurriedly attempt to determine which of these new corridors you should say. You inexplicably sense the passage straight ahead is not a wise choice. You remain uncertain about the other two corridors. So, there's three, there's three places to go. Straight ahead, left or right. And three things I can use to get clues. Divination, shadow magic or thievery. I will use divination. Failed. Despite having made a valiant attempt, you are unable to determine anything definitive about the free pass before you. The sound of pursuers growing louder with each passing second. Your eyes must choose one of the passages. Um, left! Having chosen the passage you will take, you quickly continue on your way, hoping and praying you will stay one step ahead of your enemies. You've gone less than 50 yards, however, when your progress along the corridor comes to an abrupt halt. Moving out of the shadows ahead, its heavy plate arm and its bright yellow eyes reflecting, its, reflecting the glow of your light. Is a Tazor, one of Tamifra's vicious minions. The silver armoured reptilian stops upon catching sight of you, and its blazing eyes swiftly widen. A series of vicious hisses echo along the passage. The silver armoured Tazor begins slivering forward. The vile reptilian suddenly stops and thrusts his hand out towards you. A long bolt of crimson flame erupts from a silver square set into the plated palm of his gauntlet. A deadly blast of fire streaks towards you. I can dodge. Use thievery, shadow magic, elementalism or fortification. Gating was 70, I could use that, but it isn't, so I can't. I'll use fortification. It succeeded. 24 experience to fortification. You channel your power of fortification. And the hurtling blast of fire slams into the barrier now before you and explodes, showering the passage with thousands of small glowing cinders, seemingly perplexed by the deflection of its deadly flames. The Talzor hurriedly attempts to summon a second blast, an attempt you realise you cannot allow, wasting no time. You rush forward and attack the cruel reptilian, striking with sift and staggering savage blow. Send him staggering backwards. Despite being wounded, the heavily armoured tussle seems undeterred. The menacing reptilian swiftly engages you, his plated, plain-weaved arms poised to strike. You bravely battle the armoured tussle. It's wounded, but not wounded enough. The armoured tussle swipes through his plated, plain-weaved arms. Okay, and is slain. 71 XP. A deafening war and a wave of intense heat forces you to stagger backwards as a broad, towering column of flame engulfs the armoured corpse of the slain Tazor. In a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and a charred shell, empty shell of plate armour, remains where the cruel reptilian lay dead only seconds ago. With the sound of movement echoing on the passage behind you, quickly set off on your way, eager to find your way out of this tangled labyrinth, and even more eager to stay one step ahead of your deadly and determined pursuers. 
You, could, you continue to make your way swiftly along the twisting corridor, moving ever deeper into a labyrinth of passages, but you hope, hope will ultimately lead you to Carton and to safety, with your mind bent on reaching the dome chamber that I'll mention. You dare not slacken your pace, despite the ache in your legs. The unsettling sound of your merciless pursuers echo all through the passages behind you, somewhere back there, slivering through the gloom of the armoured tussle, the minions of Tamifra, eager to overtake you and execute the sinister bidding of their, of their cruel master. To a few minutes, the passage you're following splits, heading off in three different directions. As you pause to look at the fork, to catch your breath, you hurriedly attempt to determine which of these new corridors you should take. You inexplicably sense the passage to the white is not a wise choice. You remain uncertain about the other two corridors. Okay, same thing again. Use divination once more. Succeeded. 16 XP to divination. You call upon your power of divination. Focus on the three passages almost immediately. You sense the corridor straight ahead offers the most direct route to your destination. Without further delay, you quickly set off along it. Having chosen the passage you will take, you quickly continue on your way, hoping and playing you will stay one step ahead of your enemies. You've gone less than 50 yards, however, when your progress along the corridor comes to an abrupt halt. Moving out of the shadows ahead, its heavy plate armour, and its bright yellow eyes betray, reflecting the glow of your light, is a Tazor, one of Tamifra's vicious minions. The, sil the silver armour to Attilian catches sight of you, its blazing eyes swiftly widen. It's throwing flame at me. From its palm, I'll use elementalism. You channel your power of elementalism and focus it on the blast of fire, hurtling straight to you. 24 speed to elementalism. Your mastery of elements proves greater than the magic that summoned the bolt of flame. With only a few seconds, you reduced the deadly blast to a small, smouldering cinder. The smoking cinder lands harmlessly on the ground at your feet. Seemingly perplexed by the vanquishing of his flames, the Tazor hurriedly attempts to summon a second blast, an attempt you realise you cannot allow. Wasting no time, you rush forward and attack the cruel reptilian, striking him a swift and savage blow that sent him staggering backwards. Despite being wounded, the heavily armoured as all seemed undeterred. The menacing reptilian swiftly engages you, his plated, flame-weaved arms poised to strike. It's an armoured as all. Swipes at you with his... Oh, engulfed by the flames, you end his attack. For 17 damage, but it is slain. 71 XP. Okay, this is the same thing that happens when I beat the last one. It, it, it bursts into flame. Okay, another choice. I shall use shadow magic. Succeeded. 24 XP to shadow magic. You channel your power of shadow magic. And at once your head, your head is filled with a chorus of faint whispers. One whispering voice, louder, more discernible than the others, tells you the corridor to the white opens the most direct route to your destination. Without delay, you quickly set off along it. You've chosen the passage you, 
He will take you quickly stepping away, hoping and praying you stay one step ahead of your enemies. Okay, it's the choice again. Yep, the Tazzle are chasing me. Now I should use Feathery. To closely examine the ground just before the cop entrances and the free passes, determine the corridor straight ahead has seen the most recent foot traffic and, mo and likely offers the most direct route to your destination. Without further delay, quickly set off along it. Alright, it's. Nope, there's another Tazzle. I shall use the power of shadow magic to block its flaming attack. 24 at speed of shadow magic. You channel your power of shadow magic and at once a deafening chorus of shrill whispers echoes in your head. Two broad arms of, of shadow stretch out from either side of the stone line passage and rapidly knit themselves into a web of gloom. The fiery blast strikes the web and is forcefully repelled. The armatazor hisses in alarm as the bolt of fire meant to end your life is suddenly streaking back along the corridor. Direction. With surprising speed and agility, the Tazor dodges the return blast and immediately attempts to summon a second flame attack. An attempt you realise you cannot allow. Wasting no time, you rush forward and attack the cruel reptilian, striking him a swift and savage blow that sends him staggering backwards. It's a wounded Tuzzle once again. Scribes it with his plated, flame-weaved arms and is slain. Another 71 XP. And once again, it burns to ash for reasons. Okay, once again, it's a three-way junction. I shall use the power of shadow magic once more. 24 XP to channel ma to shadow magic. You channel your power of shadow magic, and at once your head is filled with a chorus of faint whispers. One whispering voice, louder and more discernible than the others, Tells you the corridor to your left offers the most direct route to your destination. Without further delay, you quickly set off along it. It's another Tazor. Deadly blast of fire streaks towards you. Well, there's only one I haven't used so far. Feed the way. Successfully used it for 24 experience to Feedway. You fall back into the shadows, narrowly avoiding the now fiery blast that soars along the corridor and smashes into the wall at the far end, exploding into a cloud of dense smoke and glowing cinders. The armor Tazor hisses in alarm, obviously aware the deadly attack has somehow missed its target. He slivers forward cautiously, moving more swiftly than he might have expected, owing to the bulk of the silver plate that covers his torso. He passes by your hiding spot, completely oblivious to your presence. You slip out behind the cruel reptilian and deal him a swift and savage blow that sends him sparring, sprawling forward. Despite being wounded, the heavily armoured Tazar seems undeterred. The, menace, the menacing reptilian swiftly engages you. His plated, fey-wheeled arms poised to strike. I'll just quick combat that. 
another 71 XP, and once again, it bursts into flames. And once again, I'm running from the west of them, trying to get to the dome chamber. Okay, here we are, three passages. What do I do? I'll use some feathery for some clues. To closely examine the ground, just before the entrances to the P-fast passages, determine the corridor to the right has seen the most recent foot traffic, and most likely offers the most direct route to your destination. Without further delay, quickly set off along it. Okay, another, another, another intersection. Feathery once more. Twenty-four experience. And it's another intersection, feathery, 24 experience to that. Another intersection, feathery, 24 experience to that. Ooh, it's one of the Sarsal. I shall use the skill of elementalism. 24 experience to elementalism. The flame is reduced. Becomes a damp scrib. It tries to attack me again by saying, nope, 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 you're not doing that. Bash! And I send it staggering backwards. It's a wounded Tazal. Engulfed by the flames, he venues attack for 27, 17 damage, but it is slain. 71 experience. Okay, you inexplicably sense the passage straight ahead is not a wise choice. You remain uncertain about the other two corridors. Okay, I'm going to use Feathery for some clues. Find some tracks. There we are. At long last, as you begin to think you might be hopelessly lost in the twisting tunnels that supposedly take you into Cardson, you pass beneath a tall arch of stone blocks and find yourself in a cavernous dome chamber. Standing at the edge of a vast pool of dark water. Phew! On the far side of the still stagnant water, a series of tunnels exit the chamber. Realizing at once this is the pool that Owl spoken of, you begin to search for any sign of the rope that supposedly leads you up and out of these tunnels. And finally, to safety, suddenly a soft, Telling voice from behind shatters the silence. You turn to find Tamifa standing beneath the stone arch, just behind the scowling sorceress, what appears to be an entire legion of armatures all. The Witch of Carson steps out from under the arch and gazes down at the massive chamber. Her cold stare drops to meet you, meet your own, and she sighs. A spineless rat with nowhere left to run. Just with her, her bony hands clutching her long, thin iron stack. I'll have saved the ashes of your friend, had they had any value. Certainly a pity you chose the wrong side in all of this. Your ashes, however, I think I should like to keep, Zoop. Four black armour tuzzle and six of their silver armour kick. Take up positions on, on Sorceress's flanks. She glances sideways. Each of the reptilian groups takes a step forward. The last hope of the wabble was was reduced to cinders by the might of the fire I wield, she says, locking her derisive gaze onto you. 
you've more metal than a wretched thief could ever have hoped for. So I'll not take the same chance with you. A sharp crackle fills the air as times of lightning and a column of flame suddenly engulf Twimber's staff. A slender, masked face, bathed in a natural luminescence of her summoned magic, becomes almost dynamic in appearance. Her eyes narrow and out to dark slits, and a sinister snarl rises from behind her wooden mask. She raises her fearsome we weapon, preparing to unleash a single and deadly blast. With your mind racing as you attempt to determine your next course of action, you suddenly spot four shapes moving towards Twinfer through the shadows on the edge of the vast chamber. The foremost of the four creeping figures holds what appears to be a large sack. Your heart leaps as sudden, four men suddenly spring out of the gloom and a few yards to the left at the start of Sorcus. She wheels towards them, her staff levelled, but not before the nearest of the men toss the sacks he's carrying onto the ground. At her feet, without warning, a massive explosion shakes the chamber, sending down a cloud of dust and debris from above, and momentarily blinding you with a bright, white flash. Fire and lightning erupt from the cloud of smoke, now billowing up from the spot on which Terrifa was standing. The four figures are shouting amongst each other as they rush into a cloud of smoke with their weapons drawn. You're about to move in their direction, when a sound reaches your ears that freezes you in the mid-step. Mid it's the sound of something splashing in the pool of water behind you. You spin round, prepared to face an attack from behind. What you behold, dangling down from above, its knotted end dust brushing the surface of the dark pool, fills you with a profound sense of relief. It's the rope that Owl said would provide an unconventional route into the city above. A second explosion rocks the vaulted chamber, causing you to, nearly causing you to lose your footing. As a cloud of thick grey smoke spreads through the air, you rush forward and take hold of the rope. You tug on it several times, and the rope suddenly begins rising into the air. Slowly and steadily, you rise with the rope, your, your feet perched on a broad knot, and your hands biting into its quote's rugged hide. A third and fourth explosion, each followed by a brief but blinding flash of light, shakes the chamber, sending down a, sh a shower of rock and debris from the shadows above. You cling tightly to the rising rope, praying you will reach whatever destination lies at the other end. You look up and note with some trepidation the rope is being drawn for a wide black hole in the ceiling of the dome chamber. You can see nothing inside the dense gloom that fills the vertical shaft. Just as your head reaches the hole, only a moment before you plunge into darkness, a ghastly, blood-curdling shriek reaches your ears. It's a cry laden with pain and despair. The cry of Timothwa, the witch of Cardson. The lingering echo of the shriek fades, and everything around you goes black. You emerge from the darkness into a stone-walled, windowless room, lit by the flickering glow of at least half a dozen lanterns. Seven men, their faces shrieked with blind, climb appear at your side and 
hoist you out of the vertical tunnel for which you were just raised. The moment you're out of the hole, the rope is pulled up, and the man standing on your right throws a long wooden lever, sealing off the cellar, the network of passages below. Only a split second before the thick wooden slab has completely covered the opening, a second ghastly wail rises up through the shaft, followed in rapid succession by a loud rumble and a flash of fire that briefly illuminates the chamber. As you steady yourself on your feet, a broad-shouldered, white-haired man steps forward, pushing through the men surrounding you, initiates his shoulder cross. A bit too close at the end, I suppose, he says. Well met at last, Soup. We had words you would be joining us. Certainly pleased to see you. It is the white-haired man, his broad head sitting atop a thick neck that juts out of a bulky flame. Suppose the old bird has slayed down below to tell the lads how it's to be done. He and I talked over luring one or both of the witches down into those tunnels and trapping there. To imagine this pleases him no end. I'm all, I'm all a mark. Despite what Alice told you, I'm the one who gives orders around here. For you can even make mention of Owl's gruesome fate. Ormuk told you that he and those under his command have had no way of getting word to you that the tunnels have been compromised. He said the anticipated Tomatha and a Tazel Minions would come after you here, unless an ambush was laid for her. Now that our tunnels have been compromised, it won't be long until this place is found out, he says. We ought to fear by the end of the day, and into worse, less comfortable quarters. With several faces pressing in around, around you, and with Olmok about to say something else, quickly hold up your hand to silence the white-haired leader of the wabble. In a sombre tone, renounce Owl's death. The cellar falls silent. Almost a minute, no one speaks. Olmok strokes the side, sides of his unshaven face, stares thoughtfully at the opposite wall. Several of the men near you turn away, quietly go back to their duties. Down there, says Olmok, pointing to the stone floor, his feet clearly making reference to the tunnels which you just trekked. You nod, and he nods in response. Well now, wasn't expecting that, he says, his voice devoid of emotion. That certainly would change no small number of things. Olmak turns and whispers something to a young man standing duffed over his left shoulder. The young man immediately nods and rushes off, darting up a narrow set of wooden steps set against the back wall of the cellar. It's out of sight. Somewhere above, an old rock looks back at you. Wait here. You must be near to exhaustion, he says, glancing around at the others present. Obviously seeking someone in particular. And a food and drink brought to you. There's much to be done. But before any of that, you and I must talk. There are things I would very much like to know. Things you need to know. We'll sort all of that out momentarily. As Omblick moves off, you take... Taking, taking two other men with him. Take a seat at a cluttered table in the middle of the womb. Leads to at last remove the strain from your legs. 
As you relax your weary limbs, Owl's final haunting words repeat amidst a jumble of thoughts churning in your head. You have them! You have them! Don't stop! Heart skips a beat as the meaning of the companion's last words suddenly dawn on you. Hurriedly, you dig through your belongings, searching for the leather-bound journal you've gone to great pains to protect for so long. There, tucked in with the book you discovered, discovered hidden beneath the floor at Nine Knots Inn in Migsbrook, two similar texts, each bound in leather, and each filled with page upon page of the same code of intricate symbols. You now possess all three of the journals, the very book books that the young maze Croyth was supposed to put to use. A plan suddenly raised when he met his untimely demise in the bone pit, the very prison from which you were able to effect Owl's rescue. Got leather bound journal two. This small leather bound journal is inscripted with a complex code of symbols. It's obvious that whoever this book belonged to wished to keep its context a secret. It's one of the two journals slipped to you by Owl only moments before his demise. And number three. And it's got the same description. But it does have it, it has a different item number. You stare down at the three journals and vow you would not let the information they die. They contain die, along with the man whose mission to retrieve them has. In a way, he couldn't possibly have conceived, ultimately reached his conclusion. So you catch sight of Olamek making his way towards you, with a steaming bowl clutched in his large hands. You carefully place the journals in amongst your other possessions. You have no immediate desire to make known the timely gifts bestowed upon you when your trusted companion so recently departed. At that very moment, you make another silent, solemn vow. If indeed Shomifra, the witch of Carson, yet lives, you will see the cruel death of your friend and companion avenged. And that finishes this scenario... With 3,072 experience to general and 512 experience to all skills and powers. And that next one is the Ghost Patrol. But that will be for another time. But until then, farewell, fellow, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.